Welcome to the Experts in Dubai show, your home for deeper news, behind the scenes and real life stories. Hello everyone, it's Amber Wahid and welcome to the Experts in Dubai show. Now millions of experts in Dubai own a car. Can a car be a sound investment in your financial portfolio? Should you diversify your garage as much as your holdings? For the automotive enthusiast, one way to diversify an investment portfolio is indeed to start collecting classic cars. Most cars lose value immediately after they are driven off the dealer lot, but classic cars gain in value over time due to rarity, performance, or special attributes. Classic cars in general gain in value more than any other type of collectibles, although cars are more high maintenance and more complicated to store than say stamps or comic books. The right classic cars can be valued into the several millions of dollars. So investing in collector cars or collector cars as a form of investment, if you're going to buy with profit in mind, you really need to know what you're talking about. In this episode, we welcome the founder of Expat Motors, Sunny Baines to the show. Sunny has over 20 years experience in the automotive industry. His name is routinely passed around the expat community as the go-to guy when you're looking at buying, selling or trading a car in Dubai, and he applies insight and analytical experience to the collector car market. And I just thought he would be a wonderful guest on the show to have to get his perspective on investing in collector cars as an option. And then what would that look like to the average expat person? Hi, Sunny. How are you? Hi, Amber. Thanks for having me. I'm very good. Thank you. Where exactly, Sunny, is your showroom? Let's talk about that first of all. It's located in Alcoos, uh, which is just by more the Emirates. So very close to Golden Diamond Park. There's a, there's a strip there where lots of car dealers are located. So that seems to be a, a good area for us. It's located closely to the RTA as well. We've actually got Ducati, which is a different industry altogether with motorbikes, but it's nice to have one of the iconic global brands next door to us as wow. well. So very interesting sort of strip um, that we're located on, just to have a prominent location for the company. If you would, could you start with giving us your thoughts on 2021 and the general market before we come on to collectible cars? Because I read that the market was incredibly resilient and the pace of which cars were selling was good. Of course, it does come down to price but i hear that the buyers are super smart now they are very well informed all the data is there on the internet and many people are in these whatsapp groups facebook groups they know the value of cars yeah it's been one of the most interesting years most of this is down to uh, the pandemic and slowdowns in new car production and that's had a big knock on effect onto the used market so what we found over the last 12 months is that people are holding on to their vehicles a lot longer now and the demand is still very strong and if not stronger than it ever has been because during the pandemic people are obviously not spending money on holidays and going out and socializing and so on and so forth so people have had more disposable income to spend on a vehicle so they're perhaps wanting to upgrade buy different cars And the, the you only live once sort of motto, people say, right, I'm going to go out and get that Porsche. I'm going to go out and get that SUV now, whereas perhaps it might have held off. Demand is super strong for almost every car that you can think of. And as we all know, uh, demand drives up the price. 
and the stock is not available, readily available for everybody that wants it. So that's that's had the impact on increasing pricing. So Sonny, let's be clear on the terminology because there's classic cars that I want to move on to and there are super cars. Are they essentially the same thing and come under the umbrella of collectibles? I would say that they do. There's a clear distinction between the two types of cars. So I would I would class um, in the supercars with my layman knowledge. I would say supercars are Lamborghinis. Yeah, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, McLarens. You know some of the Bentleys, all, all those types of cars. You know supercars are very high powered, very high value. And the classic cars, I would say, the Steve McQueen once drove it. So there is a theory behind labelling a classic car and there's a fine line between a transition from vintage into classic as well. So I would really regard a classic car as anything sort of over 30 plus years at least, then going on to 40, 50 and beyond. And, you know, the vintage stuff perhaps from the 80s now is starting to become out of the vintage status and will quickly move into the classic status as well. So there's a lot of age that comes into play here as well when you're classifying whether a vehicle's a classic or just a supercar. You know, supercar can be labelled as anything that was high value and high power. And I don't think that all supercars necessarily become a collectible because they may have just been not a very good car anyway at the time or not just not desirable for one reason or another. And also if the car comes into a movie like a James Bond, then it's just the demand hits the roof. 100%. So... It, a car can be not so famous for most of its life and then all of a sudden it stars in a you know a hit film that was portraying some vintage scene a long time ago and one that comes to mind is a wolf of wall street and the lamborghini countach and that car was always famous it was the you know when you were at school that was the poster that you'd have on your bedroom wall and and always dream about owning that car but it then just gets thrown into the stratosphere because it goes on the wall for wall street and so on and so forth and it just starts snowballing and getting more and more famous then as a year goes on somebody will crash one and one will catch fire and then before you know it there's only two left in the country and it becomes hot property and it's you know super super desirable collectible car then have you seen a difference in the way that people buy and sell here as opposed to say the uk i would say that there's so much to talk about here because it directly relates as well to the ability for somebody to collect that car, store it and maintain it. And vehicles age differently in different climates. I would say that the wealthier the country is and the car collectors in that country, you would just see more demand for those types of vehicles. So, for example, you might have somebody that collects Bugatti Veyrons and you have to be a billionaire to have a, a collection of Bugattis. And if I was to sell a Bugatti at expat motors I would probably find it much easier to sell it in the Dubai market than I would in the UK market just because there's more wealthier car enthusiasts or collectors here tax-free disposable income helps a lot as well 100% <laughs> um, it's not for everyone but high net worth individuals can use classic cars to diversify their holdings make money um, and they can become high-end car collectors so Sonny is investing in a classic car a wise investment in Dubai it, it's a tricky one to answer it entirely depends on the individual's ability to maintain a collection you know even if it's one vehicle that they want to buy as a hedge against inflation 
And it's not just their ability to store and maintain that car, but because you can quite easily buy a car which you think is going to go up in value. And before you know it, you've spent more on the vehicle in maintaining it. It hasn't achieved that increase in price. And then it becomes a bad investment. So it's a very tricky, tricky uh, investment to make and try and plan for. There's so much, as you know, that there's a lot of mis-selling and misrepresentation on the investment funds and people are now moving to cars and, and NFTs, that kind of thing, you know, as an alternative. Um, so that's why this subject has become, you know, more mainstream. People are talking about it more. They're, they're looking into it to see if there's any investment potential for them. But the bottom line is that you really need to understand this industry before you um, start investing in a Lamborghini. You do. You need to, first of all, find the right vehicle. Uh, just to quickly um, delve into that, there's a lot of cheap um, opportunities available. And these might be cars that need heavy restoration. And it's very difficult to plan what you would spend to bring a car back to life. So I'd always recommend for somebody to perhaps buy, spend more money in the first instance and buy a better car that needs light restoration. So first of all, it's picking the right vehicle. You need to be partnered up with the right sort of mechanic and garage as well that's going to help you look after and maintain that vehicle. You need to plan storage as well. You know, you can't pay two, 3,000 dirhams a month for your average investment of one car. You're not going to make any money. When you talk about storage, um, because obviously it's very hot in the summer here, what, what kind of things are people doing in terms of storage? Yeah, so there's, there are some companies out there that will store your vehicle in a controlled environment, temperature-wise, you know, dust-free. Um, you need to start the cars regularly. There's rotating the tyres even. You can't just leave a car sat standing unless you put it on some special blocks as well, which stop the tyres going bad. But even if you do all of those things, you still need to spend money. So every vehicle in hot weather, the first things that, sort of perish are rubbers and plastics and if you look at most vehicles there's a lot of rubber and plastic on there so if they're not kept in the right environment these plastics rubbers are going to split and break and dry out and you will spend a lot of money replacing them so storage uh, is super super important you can't leave a car in a garage and just hope to come back to it after five years and hope for it to still be in the same condition because it 100% will not be from what I understand, cars like Porsche and Ferraris, the older the brand and established they are, the easier to sell them. And those markets kind of manage themselves. You know, if you if you price your car well, it will sell. It's very transparent, that market. But cars like Lamborghini, they're more up and down. They play to a different game. That market doesn't seem to be moving at the moment. Um, Porsche have been around for a very long time. Uh, the iconic 911 I mean, those cars are built in such large numbers, but all of the older ones are fetching serious money now. And even the more recent vehicles are all going up in price. So like you said, they're established brands um, and they're, they, they're going up in value and have been for some time now. The Lamborghinis are still made in limited numbers. There's not there is not huge, huge numbers that they I make. I see them all the time. In Dubai, 100%. But so you'd be lucky in the UK, you'd be lucky to see one in a month or even in a year in some instances. Sunny. 
Knightsbridge, they're all there. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> if we're in London, yeah, you, you know, go to where my mum lives in a little village uh, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but, you know, even, even the less affluent cities, um, any, anything north of London, you just don't find that many of them, really. And there are numbers of these vehicles in the UK, but back to what I said earlier about demand, there is, there is always more demand than the supply. So the numbers go up steadily and stay up, and then the older they get, as they survive decades and decades and become rarer and rarer, then they, they go up in value. There's also suddenly the hidden costs, and you touched on it before. Well, they're not actually hidden, but you don't really think about them when you buy the car. This is tangible personal property, and you're owed tax if you sell at a profit. Then there's the ongoing maintenance costs that you mentioned, the storage expenses and insurance. Let's talk about insurance. Insurance here is a little bit different. So on the whole, for your average vehicle that's under 10 years old, insurance is very cheap. And as you get to more expensive cars, the more classic cars and older cars, the the parts are not as available. And insurance companies know this. So there is a cutoff point for a lot of insurers in terms of age. So, for example, I have a 1989 Mercedes. And if I look at insuring it with AXA, RSA, Oman, so on and so forth, can't get insurance for that car. They just will not insure it. Third party only. Um, the risk is all on me, essentially. And, and that's the end of the story. But um, I have looked into classic car insurance and it can really just range from car to car. But even a, even a basic um, what I would describe as a more common vintage stroke classic car. My insurance quote was probably double my my normal daily driver. So if I was to insure that vehicle for the next five or ten years here, that's going to be a massive chunk into the maintenance of the car. So a lot of times people will just risk it rather than insuring it every year and eating into their later on profit. But you know, some people have got hundreds of thousands invested in a particular vehicle, then those people are not going to risk that losing that money if, if the worst ever happens. And even if it's just parked in your garage, you never know, cars catch fire, cars do get involved in floods, and we get storms and things go wrong. So not necessarily driving out on the road where you think, well, if I take it very calmly, and I only do 2000 kilometers a year, then other things might jump out at you. Which classic cars, in your opinion, are a good investment here in Dubai? Without a shadow of doubt, Porsche 911, no hesitation on that whatsoever. Uh, they've got proven track record. They're just going up year by year, but they've jumped up so high now. Um, what else can I think of? Look, any of the supercars that we mentioned earlier, if you've got the means to buy something, I'm not saying that I would advise buying one right now because we might be at quite a high peak of the market and maybe in six to 12 months time things might calm down a little bit more well nigel green is selling his um aston martin nigel green of course is the one who is running um devere out here funnily enough that vehicle did arrive at expat motors i'm sure it did it's arriving at all the showrooms and it's a beautiful car um they're quite a rare car, actually. They're probably not as common as you'd think. They build them in not super high numbers. They attract a, a niche crowd. They're very popular with 
locals, popular with Brits because they're built there, and car enthusiasts in general. They're they're such a classy car as well. They're not. You couldn't say that those cars are vulgar or flashy. They're just a cool, classy car. Love the brand and the designs are timeless. And they're moving with the times as well. Their their current models are keeping up with the, the likes of the Ferraris and Lamborghini and so on. So amazing car. A big big fan of Aston Martin. So when I first came to Dubai, I, I'm, I love Mercedes. I'm a Mercedes girl. But I've noticed over the years that they're not perceived as the luxurious car that they once were. They've become more mainstream nowadays. And many years ago, you as a buyer would be able to buy either a C-class, an E-class or an S-class. And they were your three options. And the more money you had, you would buy an S-class. And if you had less money, you're a junior executive or whatever, then you'd buy a C-class. And the, the numbers are being seriously pumped out nowadays so they they cater from one end of the spectrum to the other and you know they're one of the biggest car makers in the world and they want their market share so they do not want to miss out on any sales whatsoever so whether you're 18 years old and you buy a very entry level a class or you're a top um you know ceo or c-suite executive and you get get an s-class they're just something for everybody. And because there's so many different models and they cater for so many people, that they have to build them in serious numbers. But they do make luxury cars. They're just more mainstream because oh. they're, they're, they're available to more people. I love them. I mean, I sometimes wish there was more traffic, so I considered them. Uh, they're, a, they're a great car. And actually, I'd probably, out of the big three, by the big three, I mean Audi, BMW, Mercedes, I'd say they probably make the best-looking cars out of the three. And each of those manufacturers have their own sort of plus points so bmw is a driver's car they in my opinion they drive the best audi have the best build quality and mercedes really are very pretty cars very classic i have to say that when the odd times when um, someone has crashed into the back of my car you should see their car and compare to my car my car's always okay their car's all crumpled up <laughs> yeah there's um so this old uh, 1989 sec that i've got I mean, that thing weighs about two tons, right? But the way that the vehicles were built back then, they weren't pedestrian friendly. They didn't need to, they were just tanks and they're so solid. Mm. And uh, that's why those cars built back then, those cars are destined to be classics because manufacturers will never make cars like that again. So Sunny, I understand that someone bought a supercar from you using Bitcoin. Tell us about that. He did, and I'm very jealous. So this chap came into the dealership, wanted a Lamborghini, very expensive car, 1.8 million dirhams. And I, I wanted to know where the money had came from, and uh, it was from crypto. So the chap and his brother, both in the market, one for a Lamborghini, one for a Ferrari, both very lucky or smart, whichever way you want to look at it, had managed to accumulate you know, this amount of funds from buying crypto crazy and is this the lamborghini if in case no one has seen it yet but it's a there's a black lamborghini that is wrapped in bitcoin graphics there are there is two cars which drive around expat motors pretty much every other day they're black wrapped bright orange bitcoin logos on them and uh it's quite funny actually because these guys are obviously very proud of their shrewd early investments and now enjoying millionaire status 
from just buying some space coins, essentially, <laughs> that have now turned into very expensive coins. So on a side note, Sonny, and taking advantage of the fact that you are sitting here in front of me, let's talk generally about cars for us expats. If we are here for, say, two years, five years or longer term, what type of cars should we really focus on? Because there are so many expenses involved in owning a car. You have to own it for a few years to have any reasonable chance of coming out of it from a minimum loss side or even a positive side of return. Yes. So one of the things to consider, we're discussing about, you know, new cars uh, versus used cars. And I think you've got to find a balance. If you want to make a smart decision in buying a vehicle, you need to find a balance. So buying a brand new car, some people have had bad experiences with used cars in the past and bought them off the wrong people. And they, those individuals lose a lot of money. There are individuals out there who buy a 10 year old car that's not been maintained properly get lots of repair bills and headache and hassle and that's not a smart move either for obvious reasons so finding that middle ground and expat motors for example we focus on vehicles that are nearly new so these could be you know six months old and um, right the way up to about seven years old because we deem that to be a sort of cut-off point um we found that at that age um, you can still own them for a period of time and still not get too much hassle or any hassle at all if they're maintained correctly. If you compare a seven-year-old BMW with 150,000 kilometers on compared to a seven-year-old Japanese car with the same kilometers, you can almost guarantee 90 or more times out of 100 that the Japanese car is going to be more reliable. So in terms of what cars to look for, it depends on the age. You need to look at reliability. So Japanese vehicles are known to be more reliable age you need to consider what the age of the vehicle is going to be by the time you're finished with using it um what are the kilometers going to be by the time you're finished with using it um i always remember a really smart guy who came to us with a lexus he'd had it for about 10 years and he had about four hundred thousand kilometers on it now for anybody who doesn't perhaps know that much about cars they might say wow 10 year old car with four hundred thousand kilometers Surely he's ready for the scrap heap sooner or later. But the reality is that car, his engine's just getting run in. Uh, it's a big V8 um, Lexus Toyota built engine. Um, that, that was a very smart move for him. He owned that car for so much time and got so much usage out of it. And it was still worth a, a, a good fair amount when he sold it to us. Um, versus somebody who comes and buys a 10-year-old Range Rover and within a month or so, and the car's only, let's say, done 100,000 kilometres, but the car's not going to last too much longer. So I guess the short version is you've got to look at the reliability rating of the vehicle, the age of it, cost of maintenance repairs and stuff like that. So look at your own individual financial uh, situation before making a decision and try and look at vehicles that are an equivalent age, if that makes sense. So if you're buying a car that's 10 years old now and you're wondering what it's going to be worth in three years' time, have a look at the same car that's 13 years old now so you can try and project what the price might be. Sonny, which cars do you think are going to appreciate in the next five years? Yeah, so we've already mentioned Porsche. So Porsche 911s. And because the demand's so high on the 911, that's spilling over to the other models now. So actually you're finding the Cayman is doing the same thing because you can't get yourself into a 911 because... 
prices have gone silly. Um, naturally, the next best thing to buy is a Cayman, which is the smaller brother of the 911. Well, let me ask you about Land Rovers then, because I see so many of them. Mm. The new Range Rover's just been announced, and I don't know if you know about the prices of those, but they are astronomical. Your average person's not going to easily be able to achieve buying one of those. How much are they? Around 800 plus K and beyond now. And the Mini Cooper? The classic Mini Cooper. I've only ever seen two in Dubai, and there's not many here. There's a very small handful of them. Mini Cooper will be a good investment, 100%, but you'd have to hold on to it for a long time and buy it at the right price because they're all they're all high money they're all they're, that's already that car's already achieved classic status right. it's already at classic car money so Sonny let's end on the next six months as we're coming to the end of this year 2021 what's in store for 2022 in Dubai so 2022 is going to be interesting uh it's all going to be very heavily dependent on new car manufacturers and you know we were talking about mercedes and volume car makers the volkswagen audi mercedes toyota and all of the rest of them jeep is another one to mention because they're very popular the wrangler if the dealers can get stock and they can start supplying cars again and that happens and demand for used cars will drop off a little bit and in turn that means that the prices will calm down a little bit so meaning that they'll return to some level of normality and in terms of the car market in Dubai, um, generally in the next five years, five to ten years, where do you think it's going? Um, electrification is a big thing to consider now. And not just Tesla was always seen as the only uh, electric car manufacturer. Almost all of the manufacturers now have got plans for electric models um, over the next five years. So I think the vision is going to be in 10 years' time, you'll drive into Dubai Mall, for example, or more of the Emirates, and every space is going to have a charging port on it because the demand is going to be there. You will need it. So um, electrification is probably the key word there. Perfect. Sunny, if anyone wants further information on this topic, how can they reach you? So you're more than welcome to drop into the showroom, which is between Golden Diamond Park and Gargash. If you would like to drop us an email, oh, you can email me personally on Sunny, which is spelled with an O, at expat-motors.com. You're on all the major social platforms. It's difficult for me to hide. If somebody wants to find <laughs> us or me, then uh, they can very easily. Yeah. Perfect. Sunny, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Our thanks to Sunny and also thank you for joining us for this episode of the Great Ford Fightback series. Be sure to tune back in on Thursday for the Behind the Scenes series as we continue focusing on the expert journey in Dubai. See you then.